Wow. We're here again. Yeah. <laughs> oh. mm. Lord, we thank you. Lord, we offer praise to you this morning. Thank you, Lord, that your flock has gathered, Lord. That the prayer warriors are in place. That the praisers have been leading us in. That your word still remains strong. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, for taking care of your children in Jesus' name. Wow. Well, is, is it raining out there? <laughs> it's not doing much up here. We've got it covered. But, but, you know, it didn't matter. We just said, man, rain or shine, we don't care to be able to declare God, declare His Word, and declare His power. Then really, we don't care, do we? Because all that the devil can do can't stop us from loving Jesus, can he? And, and weather that works... Weather that works against us, all the devil will try to fight you with, even coronavirus, all that can't stop us from loving Jesus, the love of God in our heart. I do want to quickly tell you something that's exciting. Uh, tonight, oh, I'm so thankful that tonight we regain our congregational prayer. And we do that at 7 o'clock here. And so you that would want to be in prayer with us, then we're going to be doing it just like we do in church. And so just right out here. And so you come on. And join with us at 7. Then at 7.30, we're going to have powerful worship and praise. And then at 8 o'clock, we're going to have a movie. But but as we regain, the mayor gave us permission last night for us after this morning. We can't do it this morning. But after this morning, you can start bringing your lawn chairs. And you can sit uh, on your vehicle. You can sit in in front of your vehicle. We have to be willing, though, to stay within our confined area that's been marked off for us. But I tell you what, we can see each other's eyes and we can worship God. And I know that's going to make uh, I know that's going to make Melissa happy because uh, she's such a praiser and she's been consistently asking, Brother Jerry, when can I get outside my car and praise the Lord? Well, that starts tonight. The next Sunday we get to do that same thing. But we've got to stay within our boundaries. And every person's car is marked off. You can see it. They're marked off with certain boundaries. But you can bring lawn chairs. You can sit on tailgates. Uh, in fact, some of you, if you want to, you bring your grills. And, and so long as you grill for me. <laughs> but, we are, but we'll have a wonderful time here. All right? All right, in your Bibles this morning, I want you to turn with me to the book of Second Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 13. Man, I just want to share this word with you today. I feel like it's from the Holy Spirit. I really do. God woke me up this week, as, as, as like He does a lot of times, but He woke me up in the middle of the night, and He began to deal with me right away what I was to share with you this morning. And so it's just very simple, but I want us to take a hold of what God, because what makes it important is not because I say it, certainly not because I say it, and not because I can do anything with it, but what makes it always important is because it's what God is sharing with us. And I do believe that the Holy Spirit inspired me to talk to you today. And we're going to, uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, So let, let's not get tired of doing what is good. <laughs> so we're not going to get tired. We won't get tired of coming on this parking lot. We won't get tired of uh, church. We won't get tired of worshiping in our cars. We won't get tired. It said, do not get tired of doing good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing. Now, if you've got a harvest of blessings coming, what you give, let a powerful horn sound this morning. You've got a harvest of blessing coming. Wow. Yeah. 
And then it says this. If we don't give up. Whoa. So that means whatever I'm going through, that it will work for my good and God will turn it to where it will be good in my life if I don't give up. Now, I'll be honest with you, the devil works overtime to try to get us to give up. <laughs> because we are, we have the deciding factor. The d- devil cannot decide whether God will bless me or not. He doesn't have that power. So all that he can do is try to discourage me and get me to give up. But the Bible says, if I don't give up, somebody just shout right there in your car, I won't give up. I won't give up. Yeah, let the sound of, I will not give up. I'm going to continue to believe God that the blessings of the Lord are coming upon me. Right in the middle of this financial crisis in this world and especially in this nation. Right in the midst of what's going on uh, with Social Security and what's going on with the, uh, the unemployment. All of that. But in the name of Jesus... My blessings are not dependent on anything external. My blessings are dependent on the Almighty God and His ability to bless us. So, and we will just, we just make a choice not to give up. I want to talk to you this morning about how to stay up. Alright, I want to talk to you how to stay up because it's vitally important for us to stay up. We've got to stay up. We've got to keep up. We've got to stay up. We can't get our, we can't allow the enemy to put us down. Because what he's trying to get us to do is to get down so we will lose everything we've been praying for. So we have to learn the the concepts of God of how to stay up no matter what the present is going through. Amen? Uh, You know, there was an elite runner, uh, Haley Carruthers, that she was running this great marathon, 26 miles, and right before she went across the finish line, she gave out, man. And she fell and collapsed right before, just inches away. But the, the, what made it so wonderful, what made it so famous is, she got, uh, she some way managed to get up on her knees and she clawed her way across that finish line. I want you to know, God's going to help you to get there. Amen. Uh, I want to mention also United uh, Air, uh, Airlines Flight 173. Uh, the p- crash, I believe, was in 79 that the crash took place simply because they ran out of gas. If you run out of gas, you're going to crash. If you're running out of steam, if you're running out of faith, if you're running out of joy, if you're running out of victory, you're going to crash. And then I want to mention something even more recent, how Kobe Bryant at 41 lost his life this past year when the helicopter that he was in could no longer pull up. I'm going to tell you what, we cannot allow ourselves to get in that position. We must trust God to help us keep us up. Stay up. How many determine you're going to stay up? Come on, let's hear a sound. All right, somebody's going to now stay up. Praise the Lord. Now, uh, the, the Bible is full of supernatural help. Uh, say that in your car. Say supernatural help. Say supernatural. The Bible is full of supernatural God. Uh, and, and the devil is constantly trying to make God on some natural plane. Uh, God is a supernatural God. He's all-powerful, all-knowing. And we have to realize that, that God is supernatural and God helps us in supernatural ways. And God can give us supernatural strength. God can give us supernatural knowledge. God can give us supernatural understanding. 
is beyond what we can get in the natural. And how many of you this morning know that you need something that's beyond what you can get in the natural? You need the supernatural God. All right, in Psalms chapter 118, it says this, And I pray that He would unveil within you the unlimited riches of His glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being. Do you see that's an absolute promise of God? That God can give you, you that are running low, you that seemingly feel like, man, I'm running out of gas in this thing. I, I'm, I feel like I'm falling right before I go across the finish line. I feel like my plane is used all of its tank of gas up. I need some help. And God is saying, I have supernatural strength for you in your life. Isn't it a powerful promise? And then in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, he says, And he is, has generously given us one of his supernatural graces. God gives us supernatural grace. You know what grace is? Grace is God's ability poured into our inability, giving us power to do something we can't do. And if you want power to continue on believing until your day comes, until your breakthrough comes, until your financial crisis is over, until your health springs forth speedily, God says, I will give you a supernatural grace. Some of you this morning need some special direction. Well, the Bible said in the book of Isaiah, chapter 28, verse 29, it said, this also comes from the Lord who commands the armies who give supernatural guidance and imparts great wisdom. So God not only has regular... Somebody say, I don't know what to do. Yes, you do. (laughs) Get out of the tomb of not knowing what to do. Begin to release faith in God that my God's going to answer me. My Lord's going to give me a supernatural guidance. God's going to reveal to me what to do. Amen. And then I love what it says in James chapter 5, verse 17 that says, And God gives us supernatural answers to our prayer. Isn't that great? All right, very quickly, I'm going to tell you how to stay up. First of all, you've got to stay real. You've got to come to terms with what you believe, and you've got to believe it. And we have to be careful. During this day and hour, especially all the dramatic events that's taken place, somebody says, what's going on? Well, we, we're our last days, and these are last day events. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to have to say it, but according to the Word of God, we will continue to have last day events, something like this, until Jesus comes. The Bible says, when you see these things come to pass, said, look up for your redemption draweth nigh." We're at a place. So, so in, during these times, it's just easy to get lost in things that don't really matter as much as other things matter. For example, we can get lost in, lost in who the Antichrist is. Well, I know immediately when I walk to somebody, and the first question they ask me, who's the Antichrist? I know they've completely missed what I see in God. Because I tell you what, there are other things that are important for you to know. And and the first basic belief that you have to know, you have to be real. You have to be real with your faith. You have to be real with what you believe. And the first thing, if you're going to stay up, you've got to come to terms that God loves you. And you've got to so dwell in that that God loves me and I can trust God to take care of me. I can trust God to see me through this because God loves me. The first basic faith that all of us need to have, if I'm going to stay up, I've got to continually believe that God loves me. And I've got to believe that God loves me and and I serve a good God. You know, there's two things, there's really three things that we need to say in our heart all the time. Number one, God loves me. 
You need to consistently go around saying inside your heart, God loves me. God cares about me. And then you need to say, and I serve a good God. And then you don't get caught up in, in with why did God allow this bad thing to happen? Why did God bring this bad on me? Is God trying to teach me something? I tell you what, Jesus, God taught us in His Son, Jesus. And the truth of the matter is, you serve a good God that only does good things for His children. I'm going to ask you another question. Does God have favorites? Does God have favorites? Sure, God has favorites. Those that love Him, those that serve Him, those that trust Him. You always got to know there are those that determine, I'm going to live my life for God. And literally, they become God's favorites. I didn't say God loves us more than anyone else, or God loves us, but I said God has His favorites. Just the same way you do over an obedient child. If you're a parent or a grandparent out there today, you know if you have a child that's obedient, you appreciate that obedience and you reward that obedience. I want you to know that's the same way that with God. But until I come to terms with what I believe and the first basic belief is, I've got to constantly say that God loves me. And second thing, I've got to say God is good. He's not the author of this bad that's taken place in my life. He's not the one that cut my finances off. He's not the one that took my job away. You've got to, Jesus came to reveal that when He said, The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus is not the thief. But Jesus said, I have come to give you, I've come to give you blessing, or I have come to give you life, and that more abundantly. So you've got to learn, you've got to, in your mind, you've got to say, until you come to terms with what you believe, you'll always be confused. It's the same way it was with Peter in the Bible. When Peter was, was in the Bible, notice what he said. You remember when he, Jesus was talking in the midst of Jesus giving forth revelation and sharing how wonderful the things that were about the kingdom of God? Peter spoke up and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Notice what Jesus said. When Peter said that, Jesus said, Peter, flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but your Father which is in heaven. But do you understand that right after that, that right after that, Peter speaking to Jesus, thought he was on another right line and tried to get him not to go to Calvary. And Jesus spoke to him and said, that thought is of the devil. In fact, Jesus rebuked Peter and said, get thee behind. Until you come to terms with what, uh, what you believe, you're going to always be confused over what voice is speaking to you. But the moment that you become the, uh, to terms with what you believe, and you are able to stand on that. All of a sudden, the voices clarify themselves. That voice that comes to you and says, this coronavirus is going to take you down. Immediately, you know what department that goes in. And you know what garbage can to put that in. But that voice that comes to you and says, I am God. I'm going to see you through this. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to shield you. I'm going to be with you. Then immediately, you know what category to put that in. So it's just so important that we understand. And there's three major things that I need to believe. The first thing I need to believe is God loves me. Second thing I need to believe is God is a good God. And God only does good things. I don't know what kind of God you serve. Sometimes I meet up with people and they say, Why did God take away my child? Or why did God? And immediately I know that's not the God that I serve. Because the Bible says God is good and He does only good. But there is a mean devil that's out there to try to destroy and take away everything that God has given to you. 
But that's why it's so important to believe right. To put your trust in the Lord. Amen. So it's so important there. And the third thing that's important to believe is that God's presence is with me. And if God's presence is with me, then I can trust God. I can trust the Lord to handle this coronavirus. I can trust God to handle what my family's going through. I can trust God. His presence is with me. His presence is going to see me through it. His presence is going to bring me through it. But the second thing, if I'm going to stay up, I've got to learn. I've got to learn to express with my mouth what my heart is saying. There's introverts and extroverts. And, and introverts have a, have a sense of just staying inside their self. And, and extroverts, they, they have a sense of speaking out themselves. And they tell you everything they know and they don't know. But what we've got to do, we have got to become disciplined to speaking what God is saying in our heart. We must speak truth. We must speak what the Word of God has revealed to us. Or we must speak what the Holy Spirit has revealed to us based on the Word. Amen? In fact, there, we have two swords. Uh, just If you're somebody sitting in your car with you, I want you to punch them real hard. I want you to say, I have, we have two swords. Well, one is a fighting sword, and that's what your Logos is. And that's your Bible. And that's the Scriptures that you memorize. You can fight the devil back with that. But not only did a Roman soldier have a killing sword, a fighting sword, he had what we call the killing sword. He had a small sword that was at, that was stayed on his side. And when the enemy would get close enough to him, to where that the long sword was not effective, he would pull out the small sword, the killing sword, and he would destroy his enemy. I'm going to tell you what God's given you God's given you a fighting sword and God's given you a killing sword. God's given you and we've got to be willing to speak that out our mouth. We must begin to declare it. And the third thing that we've got to look up, man. We've got to quit looking down. I tell you, if if you watch the news in which I I do and, and we all do, but we have to limit ourselves because if you are constantly hearing the bad things you're going to constantly be looking down. There has to be, there has to be, there has to be that discipline that will cause me to always look up. And the fact, the Bible says it this, we look away from the natural realm. Notice what it says in Hebrews chapter 12. It says, we look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward into face perfection. His example is this, because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross. You've got to just simply stop and ask yourself, what joy can I find during this situation I'm in? There's a joy in every circumstance, because there's a victory that's going to come into every circumstance. There is a joy. You've just got to stop and ask yourself, what will cause me to look up? What will cause me to focus? I've got to think right. (laughs) I've got to get my thinking right. I've got to begin to focus up. Years ago, Lane and I had our, our... all of our children that we have. And, and boy, didn't you love it? I just love it. You know, I'm a granddad. And uh, all, everyone but one was my grandchild that was on dancing earlier today. Because we're, we're together, or staying together, and so they're able to. And, and so it just blesses my heart so much. But years ago, right in the midst of what was supposed to be a time of prosperity in our life, uh, our house burned. Sarah, Richard, you understand exactly. Y'all went through that exact thing here just a few months ago. Our house burned. 
Well, I was, I was in church that night. We was in church loving God, serving God, and, and literally the house completely was destroyed, completely burned down. And so immediately the devil started saying, there you was serving the Lord, and look what was taken from you. And so I, I walked to that house that night with all these little kids, had all my little kids there gathered with me as we would stand there and watch that house continue, continue to finish burning. Knowing that it was the first time in our life that we'd ever had a, a decent kind of house even to live in. Uh, we, we lived in so many traps, we lived in so many bad places, and now we had that. But I knew that our focus had to be up. And so there in that, in that state, state that night with those kids holding their hands, I said, Lane, kids, we've got to leave. And just as obediently they followed me to our vehicle, other people that loved us was gathered around. They probably didn't understand. But when we got in our van that night, leaving that house that was burning, I said, kids, we must sing. We're blessed, we're blessed, we're blessed. Because unless we get our focus off of what's happening and get on our focus upward, and Sarah, just like it is with you and Richard, I'm so thankful how God rewarded y'all. God give you more than what the enemy had taken away. Isn't that good about God? God gives back more. In fact, there is a scripture that says that if the thief is discovered, he has to pay back sevenfold. So in the name of Jesus, and I now live in a house that's exactly seven times what burns. <laughs> and you know, it's God in this truth had to focus up. Closing with this. The last one, if I'm going to stay up, I've got to allow praise to become a part of my daily and even our momentary life. I must, I must allow praise. You know what Stephen did, did here this morning was so important. What Stephen did last week on this stage, I went home and in the middle of the night, about one o'clock, John, about one o'clock in the morning, I would wake up. And I would be singing the song that Stephen had sang here on stage. I'd wake myself up all through the week. (laughs) And it was so good. Because God had used Stephen and our Braves band to replace what I was going through. He gave me something to fight with. It gave me a praise on my lips. (laughs) And you know what? I'm a pretty good singer. When I'm by myself. In fact, God made me a star. God made me a star in my theater of one. But God made... And now, God gives me the opportunity. I can now take my quarter and I can go over and drop it in the jukebox of my life. And I can take my little finger and I can choose the song that I will praise And that song has the power within it to keep me up. In fact, the Bible calls it eagle's wings. That when you begin to sing, when you begin to praise God. I said I'm a pretty good praiser. Let me tell you what. I'm a good praiser two places. I'm a good praiser in my heart. And I'm a good praiser, John, when I get to heaven. Dwayne, when I get to heaven, man, I tell you, when the angels hear me sing... They think it's beautiful. In fact, I was coming out this morning real early, about daylight. I was leaving my home. So I began to praise God. 
And literally, I could see the angels kind of like waking up, you know. Jerry is praising God. You know why? Because the Bible says, if I'm praising God sincerely, then He becomes the high priest of my praise. What that means is this. He fixes my praise and causes my praise to be beautiful to the Lord. So as I praise God in the midst of my difficulties, it causes Jesus to be exalted. I want to take just a quick minute and ask you, if you're here today and you're going through something, facing something in your life, I want you to know we have a prayer team that's ready to pray for you. And they're ready to believe God with you. In fact, we have a prayer team right now that if you will text that number, 818-4440, and simply put your name and a one-word description of your need, in a moment, I mean, we try to get it down to seconds, your phone will ring. And one of the prayer warriors will be there praying for you. And they will pray and believe God for God to bring you through it. Now, the Bible says, if I'm going through something, I'm to call for the elders of the church. This is the closest way we can do this. It says, if I'm going through something, I have an obligation before the Lord. I need to call for prayer. And if you will take just a moment to text on your phone, if you will just simply put your name down, and if you will simply put a one-word description of what you need prayer for, and if you will text that to 818-4440, moments, someone will call you back in your phone. And you have your own personal altar worker right there. Your own personal elder that's going to believe God with you and pray you into victory for the glory of God. I love you, church. I love you with all my heart. We're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to clue. Oh, thank you. Love you too. Whoa, give me a hug. Everybody, give me a hug. All right. Wow, 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 wow. We're going to conclude today with a great honor.